damn thing pretty. Unless you're talking about the bridge and seaport. Even from the seats in the upper decks, you can see the seashore. Tailgate function with the cornea side. Just walk from the tribal building for the Padres. I'm on it. Yeah, because for the 619, we'll knock you down. Anything for the brown, put it on the town. Started back rocking the brown. Ever since we've been knocking them down. Baby says you want to go to the game. Taught her how to say Padre gang. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 295 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. My ho- my name is Ben Fadden. I'm your host. Sorry, I uh, started this a little earlier than I wanted to because my overlay is not ready here on the YouTube side of things. So let me fix that. I apologize. There we go. Winter meetings are almost here. So just a winter meetings preview. Uh, just run down the key events, what's happening, what day, uh, and at the end, eight key questions that could be answered this coming week at the winter meetings. Again, the winter meetings, obviously, in San Diego. Uh, I'll be there hopefully every day uh, doing some sort of you know content. Definitely stay tuned to the Twitter account, at Talking Friars. There will be stuff there, definitely. Um, if you have any questions, feel free to put them in the chat about the winter meetings, any comments about what you think is going to happen, feel free to put them in there. Thank you so much for tuning in here. So let's run through the key events. What's going to happen? What days? So tomorrow, Sunday, uh, the Hall of Fame Contemporary Era ballot results are released. That's at 5 p.m. on MLB Network. The candidates that are up for the Hall of Fame are Barry Bonds. Albert Bell, Roger Clemens, Don Mattingly, Fred McGriff, Dave Murphy, Rafael Primero, uh, and Kurt Schilling. Now, if you don't know what the contemporary era ballot is, it's like it's like the second chance for players. They didn't get in in the first ballot where there's where they have to receive at least seventy five percent of the vote. There's way more people voting on it than in the contemporary ballot, and the writers are voting. That's the first time around. And then there's select players that get put on the contemporary ballot. And so this is like former players, I think former managers, maybe some executives as well. They vote. I think it's 13 people if I want to, if I, I might be wrong on that, but I think it's 13 people. And you have to get at least 75% of the vote. Those people that are voting can vote for a maximum of three guys. So if I were to pick three guys, Probably Fred McGriff has won seven home runs shy of 500. Uh, He had 1,550 runs driven in, a OPS plus of 134, which is well above average, uh, eight top 20 MVP finishes. Dale Murphy's another guy that I would pick. Two MVPs that he has won, five gold gloves, four silver sluggers, almost hit 400 home runs in his career. Kurt Schilling is another one. Now, this one's obviously, a con- he's controversial. Um, he's, he did not get, he didn't get into the Hall of Fame the first time around because the writers weren't going to vote him in. You know, he has some controversial thoughts, you know, with politics and stuff. And obviously, I'm not going to get into that. I, I don't even really know a whole lot about his political thoughts because I don't really care about politics. Um, but, the writers didn't want to vote him in. I, I think that they didn't want him giving a Cooperstown speech. And maybe the contemporary voters, they don't vote him in. They probably don't. But if you're looking at the numbers, which is what they're supposed to be doing, I think Kurt Schilling is a Hall of Famer. 
He won three World Series, six-time All-Star, 79.5 war as a pitcher is really good. Tim Raines got into the Hall of Fame as a position player with like a 70 baseball reference war about there. So I think, I mean, he had nine 200-plus inning uh, pitch seasons. Like, that seems like a Hall of Famer to me based on the numbers. Uh, wherever he went, he won. That's what it seemed like. Um, so those are the three guys I would vote for. We'll see those results again, 5 p.m. tomorrow. These guys need 75% of the vote to get in. That'll, again, MLB Network is where that will be announced. On Monday, the all-MLB team will be announced at 5 p.m. So that is the best players at every position. It's not like there's a National League team or, or a National League team and an American League team. It's just the all-MLB team. So it's the best players at every position in baseball. So Aaron Judge will be the all-MLB team right field guy, I would think. Um, and Manny Machado, hopefully he is the guy at third base. And Shohei Otani will be the DH, right? So that's what it's going to be. Paul Goldschmidt probably will be the first baseman. So it's the best player to every position. Um, Manny is probably the only guy that has a chance of being uh, on the M all MLB team among Padres. And so we'll see. That is on Monday. That will be announced at 5 p.m. 5 p.m. on MLB Network. On Tuesday, it is the inaugural draft lottery. Kind of like how the how the uh, NBA does it, where you're trying to avoid tanking. And so this was part of the new CBA agreement that happened before this past season. And so teams, just because you had the worst record this past year, that doesn't guarantee you the number one pick anymore. So it's a lottery. And the worse your record was, the more, I think, balls that you have uh, in the, the machine or whatever. And then, so the best chances, the teams with the best chances tomorrow, or not tomorrow, but on uh, Tuesday will be the Nationals, the Pirates, like teams that suck. Um, and I think that the top like 18 teams, the order will be revealed on MLB Network. That is on Tuesday. Wednesday is the Rule 5 draft at 2 p.m. So if the Padres pick anyone, they have to have them on their major league roster for the whole season. If they don't, they have to send them back to the team that they picked them up from. Maybe there's one or two Padres minor leaguers that could be picked. Uh, I don't know if there's a lot of interest among the listeners about that, but that is happening on Wednesday. That is like the last event before people head out of San Diego at the end of the winter meetings. So those are the key events, things that are happening you know, during the days. Uh, managers, GMs, they will also meet with the media at some point during the winter meetings. Uh, so look for I'm looking forward to what AJ's gonna say about the shortstops, right? And what Bob Melvin's gonna say. Uh maybe there's some injury updates and they're probably gonna ask how Tatis is doing, so we should get an update on that at some point this week. Obviously, the big thing about the winter meetings though, and what everyone is focused on is what's gonna happen with free agency and trades, the big names. Are there gonna be any big names trade? 
uh, traded for? Uh, are the shortstops going to sign? Aaron Judge, where's he going? Um, so I'll get to eight key questions that could be answered this winter meetings in San Diego. Uh, but first, this episode is sponsored by Gaglione Bros Famous Cheese Steaks and Garlic Fries. Their main location is on Friars Road, and you can visit gaglionebros.com for their menu and contact information. You can also enjoy their cheesesteaks and fries at Petco Park and inside Snapdragon Stadium. All right, eight key, quest- eight key questions that could be answered during the winter meetings week. Number one, where does Aaron Judge sign? Uh, it seems like it's going to be the Giants or the Yankees. Aaron Judge, Ken Rosenthal is reporting that it's increasingly likely that he's going to get a nine-year deal. That seems like it has the Giants written all over it because the Yankees with Brian Cashman there, they don't act with their emotions. Like they give maybe the Yankees with, you know, Garrett Cole, maybe that was a little emotions. Nine years, that, that seemed, you know, 324 million. That was a lot. Uh, but they don't, they don't act with their emotions. Like we saw with Derek Jeter, they said when he was a free agent, they said, we're offering you this. Go on the free agent market. If you have a better offer, okay, then bring it back to us. But they let him go to the free agent market and say, okay, we're fine with the offer we have. He didn't get a better offer. I think he took a pay cut of like 30%. Uh, So eight years, $300 million is the offer that we're hearing, according to Jeff Passan, that the Yankees have on the table for Aaron Judge. I would expect that to increase once the Giants make their offer. Uh, the Giants, you would think, according to Ken Rosenthal here, would offer nine years. Uh, the Dodgers are in it, but short term, so they're not really in it. Aaron Judge, this is his big crack at free agency. He's going to go get a long-term deal. So it's Yankees versus Giants for Aaron Judge. I think that a deal is going to get done this week. I mean, when it's only two teams, and Aaron Judge has already said that he wants to sign early, so whatever team he signs with can kind of build around him. Uh, I have no reason to believe why it can't get done this week. The Yankees got the Garrett Cole deal done at the winter meetings in San Diego in 2019. And I think we could see a similar situation here with Aaron Judge. So that's number one. Number two, where do the Mets pivot? After losing Jacob DeGrom to the Texas Rangers, five years, $185 million, which I don't blame the Mets for not offering Jacob DeGrom. They offered him, I think, three years, $120 million. And that was a lot of money for a guy that hasn't thrown more than 100 innings in the last, like, three years. So uh, where do they pivot to now? I mean, DeGrom, it's a big hole. He's the best pitcher in baseball, I think, when he's healthy. So are they going to go to Kolar Rodon? Not say Suzuki. Um, Are they going to go to Kodai Senga? What about Chris Bassett, Taiwan Walker, Justin Verlander? I'm hearing some things. I think John Heyman's been reporting that, that maybe they're focused on Justin Verlander or they increased their interest on Justin Verlander now because DeGrom's gone and Verlander, he's not going to get a five-year deal. It's probably going to be a shorter two-, three-year deal. So that they could just offer Verlander what they offered DeGrom and maybe Verlander takes that $40 million a year uh, and goes to the Mets and reunites with Max Scherzer. Who knows? Where do the Mets pivot? That's going to be a question that could be answered during this winter meetings week. Number three, does the first shortstop sign? Does that kind of create a trickle-down effect? 
Dansby Swanson, Carlos Correa, Xander Bogarts, Trey Turner, they are all free agents. Which one signs first? You would think it's Dansby Swanson because he's going to make the least amount of money, you would think. That's what we're seeing from the predictions among those four shortstops. And then once he signs, then you have you know, the big guys sign for more money. It could also go the total opposite way, where Swanson like signs last because you have the Phillies, you have the Padres, according to reports, you have the Dodgers, you have the Braves, right, looking for a shortstop. Maybe the Angels get in there. Um, maybe the Giants, if they lose out on Judge. like So maybe they're going to go, these teams that are involved in the shortstops, they're going to go for Turner, Correa, Bogarts, the, the big guys. And then that last team that doesn't end up with one of those three guys, then they pivot to Swanson. So who knows what will happen? Maybe it's Swanson that goes first to get that out of the way. Maybe goes back to Atlanta. And then you see the big guys go. Or you see the big guys go. Trey Turner signed with the Phillies or signed with the Padres or somewhere. And then you see the other guys go find spots that still need shortstops. So that I think one of the big shortstops at least will go during this winter meetings week. Trey Turner has met twice with the Padres. I've already discussed that. I just I talked about that last night on the show, so you can go watch or listen to that. Um, and we know that he's going to meet with the Phillies, or he he might have already met with the Phillies. We don't know. But the Phillies have met, or at least going to meet with all four of the big shortstops. So they're going to get one of them. It's just a matter of who. And uh, obviously, the big storyline for the Padres going into this, I thought it was going to be starting pitching, and that's one of the headlines. But uh, the big headline, because you know you have Rosenthal reporting this and Dennis Lynn and John Heyman talking about it too. The big headline is, are they really interested in Trey Turner? Are they going to enter a bidding war? Like, are they really interested in getting into a bidding war with the Phillies or getting into a bidding war with the Giants or the Dodgers or uh, another team to go get Trey Turner or go get Xander Bogarts? The Red Sox are another team I should have mentioned along with the Braves, Dodgers, uh, and the Phillies, right? that are looking for shortstops because they don't have one. Bogarts is a free agent. So um, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. I, I still don't think the Padres are going to get Trey Turner. I don't think they're going to get Sander Bogarts. I think their priority should be the starting pitching market, but they couldn't do that through trades as well um, and go get like a low salary starting pitcher and make it work that way. So we shall see with that. Uh, so that's four. Question number five, what will Boris say during these winter meetings? I mean, he always has his big media scrum and at the GM meetings, he was really playing up his, his agent or his, not his agents. He's the agent playing up his clients. Um, you know, with Taiwan Walker, someone's gonna, uh, someone's gonna Taipei, like who's going Taipei instead of Tupei. Um, and with Profar, Profar, Pro Good. Like he he likes trying to make those um not jokes, but you know what I'm saying, like metaphors and stuff. So we'll see what happens with that. That's gonna be interesting. And because reporters, whenever Boris speaks, everyone goes and sees what Boris is gonna say. And he obviously has big free agents, like he does every year. Uh Trey Turner is not a Boris client, but he does have Xander Bogarts, which is obviously of interest to Padres fans. He has Profar, who may or may not come back to the Padres. Who knows what his market 
is going to look like. He has some other guys that the Padres might be interested in as well. Michael Conforto's on there. He has a lot of guys, like he always does. So it'll be interesting to see what he says and what he thinks of the market. I, I assume that he loves what the market looks like because you have relievers, you know, getting 46 million. You have Edwin Diaz getting over 100 million from the Mets. You have teams like the Rangers paying a guy that hasn't been able to stay healthy all year for the last few years, $185 million. You have Justin Verlander maybe getting like $40 million a year. You have Aaron Judge maybe getting nine years, even though he's already past the age of 30, right? Isn't he? Or is he 29? 30. He's already 30. And he could get a nine-year deal. So um, I assume that he likes where this free agent market is. I'm sure a lot of agents do as well. So that's another question. Uh, who's the big spender going to be? I think that's a very intriguing question. I thought, or going into this week, I still think that it's going to be either the Giants or the Yankees. Like, that's the big spender because whoever gets Aaron Judge, that's the big spender. That's going to be the biggest contract. Who's going to sign the most players? I don't know. If Judge goes back to the Yankees, maybe the Giants go spend on starting pitching and a shortstop, and they really make those splashes like that. Maybe the Rangers continue spending i would think that they will continue adding to their team i don't know if it's going to be via free agency because they just spent a lot of money on degrom but bruce Bochy did not come into the rangers to just sit there and not contend right so they're going to continue adding so i would think they're going to be spending i think the phillies are going to be a big spender those are just some candidates there that could be big spenders the padres obviously could be a candidate but again i, I don't see them getting turner or bogart so i don't think they will be the biggest spender, I think it's either the Giants or the Yankees because whoever ends up with Judge is going to be seen as probably the biggest spender. Uh, another question, will Brian Reynolds be traded? Because he has requested a trade, according to a lot of reporters today. I think J.P. Mackey, is that his name? Last name Mackey from Pittsburgh. He's a reporter there, covers the Pirates. And he broke that today. Brian Reynolds... He is a center fielder. He's an outfielder. He was an all-star in 2021. And I tweeted this out today after we heard about the Brian Reynolds news and rumors and all that. Brian Reynolds, he is scheduled to make only $6.75 million in 2023. He has three more years of control. So that is an intriguing guy. That's going to be an intriguing guy for a lot of teams. But the Pittsburgh Pirates don't seem like they're going to trade him, or at least that's the stance that they're taking entering these winter meetings. Brian Reynolds requested a trade, according to reporters today, and then the Pirates responded with a statement saying something to the effect. Here, let me find it. I tweeted it on my personal Twitter. It was weird. So this was the Pirates saying, while it is disappointing, this will have zero impact on our de decision-making this offseason or in the future. Our goal is to improve the Pirates for 2023 and beyond. With three years until he hits free agency, Brian remains a key member of our team. We look forward to him having a great season for the Pirates. So Brian Reynolds wants out, and the Pirates are like, well, while it sucks Brian Reynolds doesn't want to be with us anymore, we look forward to him being with us this next season. Like, they're kind of like, screw you, Brian. You don't want to be here. We're going to make you be here. Like, we don't care. So, look, 
I don't know if I buy that from the Pittsburgh Pirates. I mean, do you really see Brian Reynolds, if you're the Pirates, is he the guy to build around? I mean, he's a good player, but uh, what is he right now? He's already like 30, right? And they're not supposed to... They're not supposed to contend for another couple years, right? A few years. He is. Oh no, he's 27. Okay, so he, no, he's actually in his prime. So yeah, they could build around him, but I think that there's going to be a lot of teams interested. That's for dang sure. I don't think. I mean, the Padres—they seem like a fit, right? Like Brian Reynolds could play center. I'm sure he could play left. I think his primary position this past season was center field. So maybe they trade Trent Grisham and prospects to the Pirates uh, for Brian Reynolds, and that would be an upgrade over Trent Grisham, you would think. Like, Brian Reynolds was an all-star in 2021, and he didn't have a great year or as great as his 2021 season this past year, but he still hit 27 home runs, which I believe is his career high. Yeah, career high after hitting 24 homers in 2021, follows it up with three more this past season. Um, he hit 302 in 2021, only 262 this past year, but he had more home runs this past year. His, his OPS was over 800. Like, this is a really good player. I, I don't think that he's worth giving up Jackson Merrill for. Like, I will say that. I, I, I did see that floating around a little bit on social media today. Like, do they give up Grisham and Kim and Merrill for Reynolds? Like, that's that seems like way too much. One, you got to have a shortstop. Sure, they could go bring in Reynolds and sign Turner or sign Bogarts or something like that, and it's not a problem anymore. But as of now, they don't have a shortstop to start the season, really, if you trade Kim, if you get Reynolds. Um, and I, I don't want to give up Jackson Merrill for, for Reynolds. I mean, Reynolds is not Juan Soto. Reynolds is a great player, and some of you might be willing to give up Jackson Merrill for him. But, I mean, the Padres, they don't have any, like, star position players in their farm system. Merrill is, like, the guy. Because after that, it's Dylan Lesko. He's a pitcher, right? So, may, I mean, I'd be willing to give up, like, uh, Samuel Zavala, someone like that, maybe Joshua Mears. But giving up the top prospect, Jackson Merrill, when you could move Tatis to the outfield and bring in Brandon Jury to play first or something like that, bring in, bring back Josh Bell, make a move like that, maybe that's smarter. And you go, you know, pay for pitching. They could trade for pitching as well. Uh, Mitch Keller, I think, is a pirate. So you could trade for Keller. You could trade for Reynolds and Keller. Um, but I think there's going to be a lot of interest in Brian Reynolds. And right now, you know, if you just look at that Pirates quote, they don't, envision trading Brian Reynolds right now. And because they don't envision trading Brian Reynolds, it's going to take a lot for the Pirates to change their minds on that. And uh, I don't even know if Jackson Merrill, just trading Jackson Merrill to them, I don't think that would be enough. Like, it would have to be more than that. I don't think Grisham and Merrill would be enough. It'd probably have to be more than that. So, we'll see. I, I, I don't know how great the Padres line up on a trade with Brian Reynolds, especially after trading Wood and Hassel and Abrams and Gore this past uh, season, obviously, in that Juan Soto trade. They also traded Yaron Susanna, that young pitcher. So 
they traded a lot of top-end prospects, a lot of talented prospects. So their farm system, I mean, Preller, he probably thinks it's appealing. I think he has said that to the media, that Baseball America and whoever rates the farm systems, like the people in the industry view the Padres farm system as a lot better than the rankings that we see online. But still, I think other teams have more to give up and might be more willing to give the uh, give those prospects up than Preller would be willing to give up Jackson Merrill. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's just my thoughts on that. He would fit the Padres in terms of like money instead of giving Profar like 15 million a year, like we've heard might happen, or that's at least the contract that he might get in free agency, like $15 million a year. Uh, instead of doing that, you could pay someone who's better than Profar a lot less money. You could pay him what Profar was making this past year. Profar made like $7 million, right? So you pay uh, Brian Reynolds less than $7 million for 2023. You have him for three years of control this year, 2024, 2025. Like that fits, but you're going to have to give up a lot for him. So that's another storyline. Will Brian Reynolds be traded? Who knows? We'll see. Um, so that's question number seven. Question number eight for me is with Wilson Contreras in the catching market. Like, will Wilson Contreras sign during the winter meetings? I believe he's going to meet with the Astros in San Diego. I, I saw a report about that. Will Sean Murphy be traded? I, uh, what about the Blue Jays catchers? You know, I'm hearing Danny Jansen's name uh, thrown around. I think once Contreras signs, then there'll be some effects of that and teams that let's say Contreras goes to the Astros okay the Cardinals need catching so they're going to go out and get maybe a Blue Jays catcher or get Sean Murphy right um the Braves I mean they're good on catching but I'm hearing I've heard I've seen reports on MLB trade rumors about them checking in on Sean Murphy so that's the question that's question number eight for me is what happens with the catching market there like when does it does Contreras sign during the winter meetings week when is it are trades going to happen immediately after that involving Sean Murphy? You know, the A's, they're, they're the A's. I mean, it, it sucks. I, I mean, that would suck to be an A's fan. You're gonna, they're going to leave that city, and you're going to lose Sean Murphy. You just traded Chapman and Olsen uh, and Manaya. I know he's afraid. He was going to be a free agent anyway, but, you know, Bob Melvin goes to the Padres. A's fans, I mean, they were happy for Bob Melvin, but that that organization, man, it's just... John Fisher, I think, is the owner's name. He's not trying to win. That's one of the teams not trying to win. And that sucks for baseball. All right, let's get to the chat here. Those are my eight questions for the winter meetings. I probably have a lot more. I mean, there's, there's questions about the Padres, right? Do they go get a starting pitcher during these winter meetings? Do they have another meeting with Trey Turner? Do they meet? Do we hear about meetings with Carlos Correa and Dansby Swanson? We've already heard about them talking with Sandra Bogarts, we've already heard uh, about them meeting twice with Trey Turner, so that's a big storyline. Are they going to do anything in the bullpen? I don't really think so, but maybe they make a trade. Who knows? Uh, what do they do? First base, left field, do we find any resolutions? Do we learn about any resolutions during this next week? We shall see. I am super, super pumped for it. All right, let's get to the chat here. If you want to make sure I get to your comment, your question, you can use that Super Chat button. 
Edwards says, if Trey Turner signs, what is the starting lineup? Well, I mean, I think I wrote it down somewhere. Yeah, this is what I'd probably do. Trey Turner leading off. Then you have Tatis when he comes back in right field batting second. You have Soto batting third and left. You have Manny batting fourth, playing third. You have Cronenworth at first. You have Kim playing shortstop. Or excuse me, not shortstop, sorry. You have Turner at shortstop. You have Kim playing second base. My bad. So he'd be batting like sixth maybe. You have a lefty, bring in a lefty DH. Maybe it's Michael Brantley. If they go sign Turner, they're going all in. Might as well pay Michael Brantley. You have uh, Nola catching, batting eighth, and you have Grisham in center, batting ninth. I mean, that is a really, really good lineup, really solid lineup. Trent Grisham, it can only go up from here, right? So if he's your nine hitter, that is not the end of the world. That is a that's, that's probably the best top half of any order in baseball. Trey Turner, Tatis, Soto, Manny, and Cronenworth, sign me up. That's probably what it might look like uh, if Turner signs. Again, I don't expect them to sign. I don't want fans to get their hopes up. I know we are getting our hopes up. Um, I'm trying to stay a little realistic here, but it is hard. I know. I'm a fan, obviously, as well. So it is hard to not get my hopes up about this and you know, say I don't think it's going to happen, but I don't think it's going to happen. But we'll see. I mean, they met twice, right? Like I said yesterday, there's mutual interest. You don't meet twice with someone if you don't have mutual if there's not mutual interest right trey turner doesn't meet with the padres for a second time if he isn't interested in seeing it through and seeing if he actually wants to go there it would have just been a one and done the padres don't meet with trey turner for a second time if they don't think they can actually bring him in right or else you're just wasting your time go meet with dansby swanson or go meet with i don't know a starting pitcher because i think that's their biggest priority or that's what they're biggest priority should be so they're not they're not they're not wasting time i don't think meeting with trey turner like there's there's mutual interest there uh seventh inning stretch asks who are we looking at for pitching i haven't heard the padres looking at carlos rodon for pitching but that's a that's a name out there i like him he's he's not you know the verlander or the degrom but he's that the tier below that and that's why I'm intrigued. I mean, no one's talking about this, but I'm intrigued by Dansby Swanson. Sign him for $100 million less probably than Trey Turner. And then you can spend $100 million on Carlos Rodon or less than $100 million on Kodai Senga or someone like that. Bassett, someone. And you can improve your lineup with Swanson and you can improve your starting rotation. Like, I like that concept a lot. Not a lot of people are talking about that, but I really like that concept. Dansby Swanson is one heck of a shortstop. And maybe he'd be willing to play second base, play other positions, you know? So I, I, I really like Swanson there. Um, Brian Reynolds is available. Yep, Kirsten just talked about that. Cameron asks, what's he talking about? Sorry, yeah, when you came in, I think, Cameron, I was hitting on like the draft lottery and stuff. I'm sure some of you guys don't even care about that, right? But that's some of the key events that are happening. There's Sunday night. Again, I'll just remind people, Hall of Fame Contemporary Era Ballot Results are released. That's at 5 p.m. on MLB Network. On uh, Monday, the All-MLB team in, is announced at 5 p.m. on MLB Network. Hopefully, Manny's the third-base representative there. 
Tuesday, inaugural draft lottery, 5.30. We see who the number one pick is and uh, who the first, the first like 15, 18 picks are. Wednesday, Rule 5 draft, 2 p.m. That's like the last event as teams head out of San Diego. So a jam-packed uh, three, four days in San Diego coming up. Cobra says, trade Kim and Grish for pitching. I mean, if you're going to trade Kim and Grish, then you better have a plan. You better bring in Trey Turner. You better bring in someone. Because if you trade Kim and Grish, who's playing center field? Is it Tatis? Is it someone you bring in in a trade or free agency? If you trade Kim along with Grish, okay, now you have two holes there. In addition to your first base hole and your DH hole and your left field hole. Like, that creates a lot of holes. So, um, if they're going to trade them, I mean, you probably want a position player back, someone like Brian Reynolds. I understand wanting to trade for pitching, but, and they probably might do that, but I don't see him trading multiple starting position players for that because that, that's just a lot of holes to fill. That, that just creates more holes to fill in, you know, the lineup. Wolfpack says Grish, Kim, Weathers for Reynolds and Keller. Yeah, I talked about Keller, you know, being a possible name out there. Um, the Pirates might want to build around him, though, too, right? I assume that he has multiple years of control left on his deal. He is young. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what their willingness is to trade Mitch Keller, to be honest. Grish, Kim, Weathers. I mean, do the Pirates? I don't even think the Pirates would think that Ryan Weathers is that valuable like his stock is not high it's probably the lowest that it's ever been I mean he sucked last year in AAA or I don't know maybe that's a harsh word but he did not pitch up to the level that people probably were expecting last year and he's not even like a six starter candidate I don't think right now I mean it's right now you have Tehran as the five guy and it's like Jay Groom and Reese Kinnear there for those like six six spot because Morahone, you can't count on him to be a starter i just don't weathers would not get it done for that scenario i don't think david says yes the giants will will probably get judged but they have a lot of holes as well either way they will be big players this winter i think that's i mean if they get judge right they pay for judge well my camera just wobbled there all right if they get judge you're right. That is not it. Like they're, I would think they're going to continue to add to the team. I don't know how much they're, they'll spend past Judge this offseason. I don't think that they're like this great contender, even if they get Judge in 2023, because they have more room. Like you look at a lineup, you plug Judge into the lineup, you still have like Wilmer Flores in there. You still have Joey Bart hitting like ninth as your catcher. He did not have a good last, uh, a good year last year. They're really missing Buster Posey, obviously. Um, the, the lineup, I mean, if you look at it, it's just, it's, it's not that strong. I mean, you have Mike Yastrzemski hitting like fifth. He, I think he had a down year this past year. Like there, there's a lot of improvements that they still need to make. Obviously, Carlos Rodon, they got to fill that void. Um, their defense was terrible last year, so. Yeah, they got a lot to work on, but I think that they could be a big spender, especially if they get Judge. I mean, that automatically makes one of that makes them one of the big spenders. 
HT says Kim and Trish, Kim and Grish should be on the trade lock for starting pitching. I mean, maybe, maybe they trade Grish, but then you need to have a plan. You're you're not going to put Jose Azokar in there in center field, right? So is Tatis going to be the center fielder? Is Trey Turner going to be the center fielder if you bring him in? Um, you trade Kim. Who's going to play shortstop to start the year? Is it Trey Turner or Bogarts? Okay. Well, all right. I mean, I'd be fine with that. But you are adding a lot of salary, and that's salary that's not going to starting pitching, right? So we'll see. I I don't think that Grish or Kim is going to get traded. I think Kim, there might be higher odds of him being traded if they go get a shortstop. And Cronoworth, I don't think he should be on the trade block if they go get a shortstop. I've made my thoughts clear on that yesterday. Um, he's just too, too valuable to the team. But Kim, out of those two, I think Kim is the likelier. But I don't think either get traded, though. Jack says, I know it's not realistic, but I wish we could bring back the entire 2022 squad, but with better pitching. Yeah, I uh, I agree. I mean, I was fine with Josh Bell and Brandon Drury. I was fine with Profar. And if you were to get Tatis back in that same 22 lineup, you're adding 30, 40 home runs, right? So that makes the lineup better. That's, that's like an off-season addition. And then you improve the pitching staff to an already strong bullpen, yeah, that, that makes you a real World Series contender. So I agree. I know it's not realistic, like you say, Jack, but yeah, that would be great. Um, I, I don't think Profar is going to come back because he's going to get a good deal in free agency or someone will overpay for him in free agency. I guess that's what I mean by that. But um, it was a good team. It, there's a reason why they made it to the NLCS. Like It was a good team. Imagine what would have happened if they had Tatis. Like, that's a question that will always just be a question. There won't be an answer to it. It's just something we're always going to have to think about what could have been, right? Uh, Wolfpack says, give, give him an eye another chance, question mark. Uh, no. Clevenger just got $8 million guaranteed, $12 million from the White Sox. Matt Boyd got $10 million from the Tigers. So I would think Manaya is going to get $10 million from someone. From the Padres, I'm not giving 10 million to Manaya. Not happening. Uh, Theanne, I think that's how you say your name. Hopefully, I didn't mispronounce that. I'm sorry if I did. What is the starting rotation 2023? Right now, it's Darvish, Musgrove, Snell, Martinez, Julio Tehran. I You see at the back of the rotation there, they need they need another starter. That's clear. You can't rely on Julio Tehran who didn't pitch in the big leagues really last year. So we'll see. That, that Look, that's a question that could be answered at the winter meetings. Padres, what do they do with the rotation? We'll see. Oh, get out of here, Wolfpack, says Otani. No, he's not getting traded. They've already said he's not getting traded. And even if he was, like the Padres don't have the necessary resources to trade for Otani, like realistic resources. Like they're not going to swap Tatis for, for one year of Otani. Like I'm, I'm talking about like realistic. It would take more than Merrill. It would take a Juan Soto package 
even if it's one year of Otani, because Otani can pitch and hit. He's two players. Uh, Balua says, are we going to be able to keep Soto? I think we will. I mean, Peter Seidler has already said to the media that he's not satisfied with just two and a half years of Juan Soto. So I think that they will keep Soto, but if they sign Trey Turner or Xander Bogarts or Carlos Correa or Dansby Swanson or give Rodon a hundred plus million, like it's going to be interesting to see if they go try to save money elsewhere to use that money for Soto. You know, do they make trades? Uh, I would think that they would make trades for lower salary guys because there's a lot of big salary guys on the team already. And if you add some this offseason, add that to another one that you want with Soto, that's a lot of money tied in to how many players would that be? Musgrove, Tatis, Manny, Soto, shortstop. Uh, five, six players. That, that, that's a lot. Cause you, I guess you could count Suarez in there too because he's a reliever. So, it's a lot of money tied into not that many players. But, I mean, Peter wants to win, right? He's going to get a lot of money in revenue and ticket sales and um, team store purchases and a lot, right? Concessions. He's going to get money. Uh, he really wants to win. He was pissed off after losing to the Phillies. Like he, It took him a long time to get over that. I don't know. He probably even still isn't over it, and he's using that as fuel for this year. So maybe that's why you're seeing the Padres meet with Trey Turner twice, because he's like, I just don't care about the money. I'm going in Steve Cohen mode, and I'm just going to go get the best players so that we can win. And if that's what his mentality is and saying, I don't care, like I'm just going to get the money that we got from the postseason and just put it right back into the ball club, Good for him. Like, I, I'd, I'd love for that to happen, but I don't see that happening in terms of them getting Soto and Turner, but can't rule out A.J. Preller. You know, we'll see. All right, thank you so much, everyone, for listening or watching episode 295, Talking Friars MLB Winter Meetings Preview. Stay tuned at Talking Friars on social media, Instagram, Twitter, and here on the YouTube channel for winter meetings content starting on Sunday, going through Wednesday. All right, see everybody. Thank you so much. Go Padres.